Good morning and welcome to another episode of Roadmap to Heaven. I'm Adam Wright, back with you in studio on this Monday morning, September 11th. It was a refreshing week away with family down at Table Rock Lake in southwestern Missouri. But it's good to be back. I have a a lot to say today, and I'm not going to say most of it, but we do have some important things to get to on the show today. That's why I'm not going to say most of what I could say. Let's begin in prayer, and I'll stop rambling here. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it is very good to be back with you. I hope you enjoyed our look back week last week. I know I, I, I'm going to be honest, I tuned in because I wanted to hear some of those segments as well, um, even though we had previewed them as we were putting the week together. There, there's so many thoughts I have after being away with the family for a week. I'll just share two of them with you. Uh, one, we had the best ice cream I have ever had in in the world. I'm just going to say that. And uh, if you want to know more about that, you'll just have to ask me sometime because I'm not going to say where on the air here. I'm just going to tell you it was great going to get ice cream with the kids and sitting in rocking chairs on a on a front porch eating ice cream. That's uh, that's a good way to spend some time with the family. Number two, we were talking because we came home yesterday, and, and the question was, all right, we're coming home on Sunday, so are we going to go to Mass down at the lake and then drive home? Are we going to try and drive up to Springfield, go to Mass in Springfield, and then continue our way home? Or are we going to drive home and go to Mass here in St. Louis? And the overarching consensus was we wanted to go to one of our two parishes, either our territorial parish or adopted parish down at the old cathedral. So the old cathedral has five o'clock mass. That's what we decided. It was so great to just kind of come home. It was the perfect homecoming. Come home, unpack the van, uh, get settled a little bit, change clothes, and then go to mass. Great way to wrap up the week together with family. While we were there, they had a candle lit and some flowers displayed with a sign asking us to to pray for all those who gave their lives and lost their lives in the attacks on September 11th, 2001. That day, I remember very clearly where I was, even to this day, some 20, what is it now, 22 years later. And I was thinking about that. I'm always moved when I think about the memorial of 9-11 of the first responders who ran in to the towers, who ran into the Pentagon, who ran into the flames, who ran in knowing that they might be facing certain doom. And yet they they ran in to go save others. And I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about that in the context of evangelization and witnessing to our faith. And how often do do you and I shy away from maybe speaking up or speaking up for the truth or speaking up for what's good or sharing the gospel because we're afraid it might hurt or we're afraid others might ridicule us. And here you have all these first responders that ran in knowing that they may not be coming out, and for so many of them they didn't. And yet they went anyway. Are we ready to do that for the sake of the kingdom? Are you and I ready to do that, to, to suffer a little? 
I think the answer should be yes. So we're going to do some things to edify us today. We've got Father Bernhard with us uh, for a homily. He shared with us called Get Busy Living or Get Busy Dying. We're also going to hear from Father Stephen Schumacher and Monsignor Morris today. And finally, at the end of the show, Dr. Ray is going to be with me to talk about simple steps for a happy marriage. That's all on Roadmap to Heaven today. But first, let's go to Mike Roberts for our weather and saint of the day. Today is the feast day of Saints Protus and Hyacinth, who were martyrs. And we remember all those who have died because of the attacks on September 11, 2001. Hyacinth and Protus were brothers who lived among the hermits of Egypt in the third century. They were also attendants to a woman named Eugenia. Devoted Christians, Protus and Hyacinth read from scripture every day. Eventually, Eugenia followed their example, was converted to Christianity, and baptized. But this was a very dangerous time to be a Christian because it was during the persecution of Valerian. Upon discovering her conversion, Eugenia's fiancé reported all three to the authorities. They were arrested and condemned. Protus and Hyacinth were martyred together, scourged, and then beheaded. Eugenia was also martyred, and her feast day is December 25th. And of course, there are countless saints in heaven whose names we do not know. We pray for the repose of the souls of those who died 19 years ago on September 11th and all those who have died since because of the attacks that happened that day. Saints Protus and Hyacinth and all who have died because of the attacks on 9-11, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed Friday. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. A prayer for greater love of Jesus. Oh my Jesus, thou knowest well that I love thee, but I do not love thee enough. O grant that I may love thee more. O love that burnest ever and never failest, my God, thou who art charity itself, enkindle in my heart that divine fire which consumes the saints and transforms them into thee. Amen. May the sacred heart of Jesus be loved in every place. It's always a delight to have a chance to visit with Dr. Ray Garendi, host of The Doctor Is In, which you can hear weekdays here on Covenant Network at 12 o'clock noon central. Dr. Ray, how are you today? Well, Adam, you probably don't know this, but uh, you were an inspiration for the uh, television show, uh, Living Right with Dr. Ray. Yeah, we spell that W-R-I-G-H-T. Yeah, I don't know if you knew that. I, I was not aware, and, and I haven't seen the royalty check come in yet, so that's probably why. But that that's not what we're here to talk about, Dr. Ray. We're going to talk about marriage today, and I want to turn to the title of a podcast some friends of mine had for a while called Somehow I Marriage. And in the midst of their, their 14 years, just like Beth and I, they were saying, I don't know how we do it, but somehow we've figured it out and, and we're here. And I think the, the common theme for them and for us is that wouldn't it be great if there were simple steps to a stronger marriage? Adam, somebody will come in my office with grave complaints about their kid's behavior. Let's say the kid's eight. Parent is saying, we don't enjoy being around him, he's defiant, he's difficult, uh, he's trouble with his siblings, there's just a whole cascade of unruliness. So we spend one session together, one session, 60 minutes, 
I gave him a few suggestions. I said, if you try this, I think things will improve. About 50% of the time, when they come back, they'll say, I'm living with a different child. He's more pleasant. He's happier. He's more affectionate. Just all around a nicer kid to be around. I said, wait a minute. All I did was give you just a couple of very simple steps with this kid. And what it did, Adam, is it reverberated through a whole bunch of other areas. And that's the philosophy behind simple steps to a stronger marriage. Now, if you haven't caught on yet, this is a book Dr. Ray wrote and actually just re-released, updated, and has some new strategies in it. It's all told through the lens of a fictional couple seeing an anonymous therapist. Gee, I wonder who that could be. Um, Dr. Ray, what... (laughs) What are some of those simple steps that, you know, maybe most of us, I think we all have those moments where perhaps we have disagreement in our marriage or we have tension or we're just not on the same page sometimes. What are simple things we can do? Not to give away the whole book, but maybe one or two things. Well, one of the more obvious ones, Adam, and it's it's no earth-shattering thing, say, I'm sorry. Now, somebody will come in my office, I will ask, What was the last time you said, I'm sorry, to your spouse? And I hear various answers, uh, things like, um, well, uh, my daughter was in kindergarten. Well, how old is your daughter now? Oh, she's in law school. Uh, Or our wedding rehearsal dinner, I spilled coffee on my wife's napkin, and I said, hey, sorry about that. So you find out rather quickly that I'm sorry is just not part of the vocabulary. Just not at all. Now, one of the things I do in the book, and this is from my years as a shrink, people will ask me, are you ever at a loss to give somebody some ideas or guidance or reflection on how to deal with the problem? And I'll say, no, I've been doing this long enough that I've heard the themes very commonly. Well, what's the hardest part of therapy? No question. The hardest part of therapy is convincing somebody to do it. I can give you ideas. I got to get you past your resistance to doing it. In the book, every chapter has what I call resistance rationales. In other words, why don't you do this? This is so simple. It's so straightforward, but yet you resist it. So in the chapter, I'm sorry, why don't you say I'm sorry? Uh, It'll be thrown back in my face. I'm always the one who says I'm sorry. Uh, I'll hear, well, if you're really sorry, you'll change. Well, I I didn't start the trouble. She did. So there's all these resistances that I have to knock down to get someone to do this simple little step. There's something in that chapter, Adam, that I call personal apology percentage. In other words, how wrong do you have to think you are before you say, I'm sorry? For most people, it's 50%, at least. Well, what if it's only 12%? What if you feel you were badgered for 22 minutes, and finally you erupted with a really nasty remark, along with a little bit of curse words? Now, in your opinion, that was only 14 seconds compared to the 22 minutes that you kept your mouth shut. Were you wrong for doing that? Is, is that something you should say I'm sorry for? 
Oh yeah. Well, I'll say I'm sorry, but holy mackerel, that takes that takes him or her off the hook. For heaven's sakes, why am I apologizing for 14 seconds of nastiness? But you see what happens, Adams? Adam, we we don't do the little thing we need to do to soften up the other person because we have so much resistance to it. I, I see exactly what you're saying, and I have to say, Dr. Ray, I am guilty as charged because there have been many times in my life, and sadly in my marriage, where I, I've been the one to say, listen, my part of this equation uh, apparently was minuscule, so why should I be the one to apologize first? Well, that's one of the resistances. If I apologize, my spouse will think I'm admitting that I'm totally wrong, and she's totally right. Now, each one of those I take down. I don't, just, I don't just throw them out there. I show you how those ideas are false. Here's another one. Somebody will come in my office, and she'll say, you know, I wish he would stick up for me with his mother. I always feel like if there's a conflict, he's going to take his mother's side. So I'll turn to the guy. Do you know why she thinks that? Not really. How long have you been married? 22 years. Have you ever asked her? No. She tells me, but I've never asked her. So one of the small steps is ask some questions. I want to know why you think the way you think. Adam, somebody comes into my office, and I'll tell you, I hear some of the most rot-gut stuff you could ever imagine. Now, if I were to immediately say, what are you doing? That's ridiculous. You know what? That's evil, too. I can't believe you're telling me this. Those people would never come back, and they would stomp out of the office right then and there. I got to get inside their head. I got to try to understand why they think the way they think. And that's what I say in a marriage. Ask a few questions so you can get inside your spouse's head so you can be able to explain why she thinks you don't back her up with her mother. You don't have to agree with it. You can think it's ridiculous. You can think it's nonsense. But you at least try to understand it. I always say this. People more often want to be understood than agreed with. It's a small step in a marriage. makes a lot of difference. Well, there you have it. Two small steps that, you know, if we're being honest here, friends, uh, it's probably going to take a little bit of work. They sound very simple, but you and I both know we're going to have to put some effort into this. But two great steps for us from Dr. Ray. Uh, Dr. Ray, where can our listeners go for more information about these simple steps to a stronger marriage? If you go to drray.com, D-R-R-A-Y.com, that book is there along with the other 15 titles. Adam, I learned the secret to writing a lot of books. What's that, Dr. Ray? You can't worry about them being very good. Oh, my. Well, if you want to hear more from Ray Gorendi here on Covenant Network, like we said, you can tune in weekdays at noon for The Doctor Is In. And you might even call in with a question. Tell him Adam said to call. He may bump you to the front of the line or he may bump you to the back of the line. I don't know. But, Ray, we're always grateful for the time you spend with us here on Roadmap to Heaven. Adam, just one other thing. Maybe I shouldn't say it. Um, the reason I did this interview with you is that your wife must have called me four or five times saying, if you can, get on with Adam and, and see if you can more or less give him a few simple steps, you know, to, to, to help me out here. I, I, I just didn't, I figured I better do it.
on that note, I think we're going to go to a break while I, I go refill my <laughs> beverage that I just, <laughs> just dropped out of my hand here. Ray, it's always great to talk with you. Thanks for being with us. Prayer for the Gift of Prudence Jesus, artful master of parables, your prudence eluded the hypocrites. Your actions were known before creation, displaying all the wisdom of your prudence. Eternity must have attended to minutia. Being prudent in your best interest, you considered all potential consequences, securing the outcome of your earthly life. Grant me the prudence to always be cautious and sensitive to the basic needs of others. Jesus, you have shown great foresight. Prudence truly originates from your being. Amen. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R catholicradio.org. It's a new week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, and here with us, as always, is Patty Schneier. Patty, what are we going to reflect upon this week? Well, as we get in the middle of September, I have to be very, very honest. I always cannot wait for my birthday. (laughs) And my birthday um, falls on the Feast of St. John Chrysostom and So I just thought, you know what, we're going to spend a week unpacking St. John Chrysostom. He is awesome, and I love him. I love him. His feast is September 13th, right in the middle of the month. So i got to tell you first, to just start the week off, my own story. My own story about myself and St. John Chrysostom. It was my 38th birthday, and it was a Saturday. And I went to chapel that day. Larry, for my birthday present, gave me the whole day to do whatever I wanted. And I went to chapel because I wanted to thank God in adoration for everything in my life for 38 years. And after doing all of this and journaling and writing and praising God, I thought to myself, hmm, I wonder whose feast feast day I was born on. I didn't even know. This is back, again, on my 38th birthday, a long time ago. And I had no idea whose feast day I was born on. And I opened up the book and it said, St. John Chrysostom. I didn't even know how to pronounce his name. Chrysostom, Chrysostom. And honestly, when I read that he lived in like the 300s or the 400s, I kind of thought, oh man, that's kind of the dark ages. I really thought I had a loser saint. I thought, I want a rock star saint. Like, you know, St. Francis or Therese or somebody big, St. Dominic. Who is this guy? I had no idea who St. John Chrysostom was. And then I read that he is the patron saint of speakers and preachers. And his name, Chrysostom, means golden mouth. And that was the time in my life when God was calling me to be a speaker, a Catholic speaker. And I kept saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm just an ordinary housewife. And I remember writing in my journal, big letters, God, did you know? Did you know I would have this big mouth? Did you know my whole life, my mouth has been this source of both blessing and curse? Did you know? And I felt God just say to me, yes, Patty, I knew. And I've chosen this saint to walk with you and guide you and take that mouth of yours, that big mouth of yours, and start using it for my purposes. And on that day, my 38th birthday, I felt like God gave me the greatest birthday present ever, the gift of knowing that I was born on the Feast of St. John Chrysostom. His name means golden mouth. He is the patron saint of speakers 
and preachers. So today, let's just say, St. John Chrysostom, just pray that our words, that my words, your words, that they may encourage, uplift, praise, and bring glory to God today and always. Let's pray for all our priests who have to give a homily every day and then a full homily every Sunday. That's not easy. They got to do a lot of preaching and speaking. And, you know, so often we're so quick to criticize every word, every mannerism, and every flaw of our priests. Let's pray for the gift of preaching, and let's have a little compassion for all those who preach. So St. John Chrysostom, I love you dearly. Thank you for walking with me on my journey. And let's pray for all of us, for all those especially who have the job of speaking and preaching. Patty, I suspect I'm not the only one with a large grin on their face smiling as we have listened to this daily dose of encouragement. All I can say is St. John Chrysostom, pray for us. You know that song that we'll all be singing in a few months here. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. Well, that's what I'm doing this morning, actually. I'm making a list and checking it twice because I came back to probably about 200 plus emails between my email accounts that needed my attention. Now, most of them, the attention needed was to say, yeah, I don't really need to read that. It's an advertisement or it's just a notice about something or a reminder. We can delete those. Uh, But, oh, this one has an action item and this one has an action item. So I'm making a list. I'm checking it twice. I'm adding things to it and it's going to help me recover from being away for a week and get back into the swing of things here in the office. But one of the things I want to make sure I put on the list, take time to pray. Take time. to. It's going to be a busy week this week. And it's real easy to say, oh, I don't have time for prayer right now. I got other things that are more important. No, no, I have nothing more important. Because if prayer isn't at the center of our day, what are all these other things we're doing for? You know, if we're not nourished by the sacraments, the rosary, and and prayer, what are we doing, friends? And so at the heart of it, I've got to put prayer a couple times on that list throughout the day. That said, I do have some other things I'll be catching up on as well. So after the show, we're going to get busy living here and get busy working, as they say. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'll be back with you tomorrow here on Roadmap to Heaven. We've got some fun things in store this week, some great guests lined up. In the meantime, when you make your list of what you're going to do today, as we just said, don't forget to put prayer on it. And as we would tell you each and every day, the rosary, the rosary, the rosary is of utmost importance Uh, to pray each and every day. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Pray your rosary today.